Welcome back to San Francisco Legislative Outlook, the weekly program that provides you with an update on the latest decisions made by our elected officials. I'm Jennifer Lowe. And I'm C.J. Holmes. On Monday, September 15th, the Government Audit and Oversight Committee was scheduled to hold hearings on several reports from the civil grand jury. These hearings have been continued since late June. Ironically, one of the reports is titled, Fits and Starts, the Response of San Francisco Government to Past Civil Grand Jury Recommendations. The hearings have been continued to the committee's meeting on September 22nd. The Land Use and Economic Development Committee held a hearing on the processes and procedures that the Department of Building Inspection follows for inspection of wooden decks in San Francisco and a ban on wooden fixed utility ladders on residential buildings. The hearing included testimony from a family that lost their adult son due to a defective ladder. Over the past 15 years, there have been at least 15 deaths and over 14 serious injuries as a result of poorly maintained and inspected wooden railings, decks, and ladders. As the supervisor mentioned, the San Francisco Chronicle per, uh, published in 2002 an article detailing many of these tragic accidents. In that very same article, it was cited that the department is required to do their five-year inspection, but they even claimed that they were 25% behind their inspection requirements within their own department. The latter ban was continued because the proposal must be considered by the Building Inspection Commission before the Board of Supervisors can act on the item. On Tuesday, September 16th, the full Board of Supervisors deliberated on Supervisor Daly's move to make the San Francisco Zoo a facility that primarily houses animals acquired from rescue situations and confiscations and establish an Animal Welfare Oversight Advisory Committee. The legislation as it's uh, uh, currently in front of us, uh, I see as a vision document uh, for, uh, for our zoo. Uh, and it is a vision which uh, I admit the, uh, this board uh, may not be ready uh, to implement. Uh, but it is a vision, I think, uh, that is righteous, uh, that puts uh, the needs of, uh, and the well-being of uh, the animals uh, at the zoo first. Uh, I think that in uh, the city of uh, St. Francis, uh, that uh, it is only appropriate uh, that, we, uh, that we would do that. Uh, but it is a vision that competes with the current vision of the San Francisco Zoo. Members of the Zoological Society have recognized that the morale issue is a significant challenge at the zoo, and I think that that is, is being addressed. And numbers of people who worked at the zoo, long-standing zookeepers, came forward and said that the rescue proposal was unworkable and ultimately going to lead to greater damage to the zoo and its ability to improve its exhibits than moving forward. And so I would say, colleagues, I am not voting for this amendment before us today. I believe that we are on a path to get the zoo improved. Supervisor Daly amended the item to eliminate the provisions emphasizing the zoo's role as a rescue facility. But he tried to keep the proposal for an animal welfare oversight committee. Although his amendment was accepted by the board, the item was rejected with 7-4 to four vote with only Supervisors Amiano Daly, Mira Karimi, and Sandoval supporting the proposal. The board held a hearing on a proposal to establish a business improvement district for the Broadway Entertainment Corridor. And Madam Clerk, we are in receipt of the tabulation of the ballots. Could you please announce those results?
The results for the Broadway Entertainment Corridor Community Benefit District are voting for 47.58% and voting against 52.42%. And that, colleagues, means that there is a majority protest, and I hereby request a motion to table item number 19 made by Supervisor Daly. Is there a second for that motion? Seconded by Supervisor Soundoval. Colleagues, without objection, the item is tabled. The supervisors held another hearing on whether to accept the environmental impact report for the Central Subway project. Twelve public speakers opposed acceptance of the report, and nine speakers supported the report. EIR was approved by the Planning Commission by a very close four to three vote. It's full of wishful thinking, finger-crossed uh, evaluations. For example, Preparedness and procedures for earthquake or terrorist disasters, barely addressed. Impact on parks and recreation, essentially ignored. Impact on business. In North Beach, there will be at least six months of disruption due to truck traffic, rerouting immunity services, a huge hole in the ground, dirt, noise, and reduction of Columbus Avenue from four to two lanes. The mitigation, they're going to send a flyer around to the businesses. After 25 years of this in planning, after 10 years in environmental review, after 150 community meetings, after approvals by the MTA, by Planning Commission, and after 15,000 individuals who have signed uh, letters of support in favor of this project, it is time for this train to finally move forward. The massive project moved one step closer to becoming a reality with the board's unanimous vote to accept the environmental impact report. On Wednesday, September 17th, the Land Use and Economic Development Committee held a special hearing on the status of the Eastern Neighborhoods Plan. There was a great deal of public interest in the plan. For us, it's critical not just to look at the sorts of businesses that are coming into uh, our neighborhood, our neighborhoods, but really look at what effect they're going to have. It's very easy to imagine that this could become an engine for runaway office development if there isn't appropriate monitoring and development. And it's also important for us to know that the new jobs that are being created for the traditional PDR workforce are going to offer something beyond just maybe a bucket and a mop. We're going to end up with this plan with fewer jobs than we have now. We're going to end up with more market rate housing than we, by the planning department's own analysis, need. And we're not going to have sufficient money from any of the fees to pay for more than half of the public benefits that we now all know we need. The hearing was continued to the committee's meeting on September 22nd. Now stay tuned for a feature on the Eastern Neighborhoods Plan later in this program. On Thursday, the Rules Committee considered the reappointments of Board of Appeals members Frank Fung and Tanya Peterson. The full board will consider the reappointments on September 23rd. The committee referred the appointment of Frank Fung to the full board without recommendation. I think we've seen good things generally with our split appointments. Uh, and I think that we've seen uh, a planning commission that, that does uh, alternate uh, in terms of leadership. I think that we've uh, we've seen good things, and I'm, I'm concerned about uh, appeals, and uh, I'm concerned about the breaking uh, from uh, the, the past uh, practice of uh, alternating uh, leadership amongst the appointing authorities, and 
uh, I don't know, maybe we should amend the charter uh, one day to uh, make it a written rule as opposed to an unwritten rule. But uh, with that said, uh, I'll, be, I'll be voting against uh, this particular appointment for that reason at this time. Tanya Peterson's appointment was forwarded with recommendation. Also on Thursday, the City Operations and Neighborhood Services Committee voted to continue a proposed ordinance from Supervisors Mercurimi and Paskin that would require any person who distributes newspapers or handbills that are packaged in bags or other wrapping to use only recyclable or compostable materials for such packaging. Now, a report on the mayor's activities. This week, Mayor Gavin Newsom announced the expansion of free Wi-Fi service to residents of the Tenderloin. The mayor stated that residents of the Tenderloin will now be able to get online, search for jobs, and sign up for advanced technology training. We always committed and had committed and continue to commit ourselves to the question of dealing with the digital divide. You deal with the digital divide by focusing on those that don't have free basic Wi-Fi service. Folks, like many of us in this room, take for granted that we have it. We're not the folks we're targeting. It's the folks that are living in public housing that we're targeting. It's the folks working and operating and organizing uh, within our diverse communities that we're targeting. He also announced that free Wi-Fi access will be made available to all San Francisco Housing Authority sites by the end of the year. The city's Department of Technology has connected nonprofit groups with Meraki, a San Francisco-based company. Working with community groups, Meraki is giving out wireless repeater antennas that allow residents to extend free Wi-Fi access to other parts of the Tenderloin. Also this week, Mayor Newsom and Airport Director John L. Martin unveiled the designs for the remodel of San Francisco International Airport's old international terminal into a new domestic terminal that will emphasize customer service and environmentally sustainable practices. Here's what's coming up next week with the Board of Supervisors. On Tuesday, September 23rd, the full board will consider an ordinance providing that all city affordable housing programs give preference in those programs to certificate of preference holders. These certificates were given to San Francisco residents displaced by projects managed by the Redevelopment Agency. Also on Tuesday, the board will hold a public hearing on an appeal of the final environmental impact report for the Eastern Neighborhoods Rezoning and Area Plans Project. A Land Use and Economic Development Committee meeting will be held on Wednesday, September 24th. They will be considering an ordinance that would allow for the preservation, rehabilitation, restoration, or reconstruction of non-complying historic movie theater projecting signs and marquees. The Land Use Committee will also deliberate on a plan to impose a conditional use requirement for establishments that sell tobacco paraphernalia, also known as head shops. The committee will also consider creating a rental subsidy program for low-income families that establishes a need-based local housing subsidy for homeless families. That's all we have for this week's report. For updated agendas and other information on the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, go to sfgov.org slash BOS. And for information on the mayor's office, check out sfgov.org slash mayor. Coming up next is a special report on the controversial Eastern Neighborhoods Plan, followed by our calendar of events. Thanks for watching. I'm Jennifer Lowe. And I'm C.J. Hunt. The Eastern Neighborhoods Plan is an effort to change the rules and update the rules for development in four neighborhoods, which are the Mission, Showplace Square, Potrero Hill, the Central Waterfront, and the eastern part of South of Market. 
and it is an effort to look at what should happen in the future in those neighborhoods which happen to be where a lot of the industrial activities of the city have occurred in the past. The decision is already made to take Mission Bay out of that kind of a use. And so we assumed that was gone and looked at what we had left. Basically looking at the central waterfront on both sides of 3rd Street, just south of Mission Bay. So between 16th Street and Cesar Chavez Street, there's a cluster of remaining production, distribution, and repair activities. That's one. Uh, one of the more interesting ones is what we call the Northeast Mission, which is basically between Potrero Avenue and about South Van Ness and north up to Division and south down to about 20th. Very interesting, very mixed neighborhood with a lot of interesting things going on. And thirdly, I would point to what we call Showplace Square, which might not be a name that a lot of people are familiar with, but is basically the flats at the base of Potrero Hill to the north of Potrero Hill, where all of those big, beautiful brick buildings that have design-related businesses in them are. So those are really the three clusters that we look at. The fourth one and the biggest one is in Bayview Hunters Point, which is part of a separate process. We have recommended to transition about half of the industrial land in those four neighborhoods out of industrial and into housing use. The East Neighborhoods Plan actually is a, a very finely wrought compromise between the city's need for housing and affordable housing in particular and the imperative to keep some of these larger, rougher types of businesses able to survive in the city. From catering kitchens to muni bus parking yards to auto repair, furniture wholesaling to, you know, a lot of things that need larger, cheaper spaces to occur and which we feel support the city's overall economy. Those businesses do two things that we need. One, they provide support for the city's front office economy, if you will. The front office economy is the downtown offices, the tourist industry, what we call the knowledge industry. All of those types of businesses need support from things like linen washing for hotels and printing and what have you. So the idea is you need to support our economy by keeping some of that in the city. And secondly, the jobs provided by these businesses are very good, stable jobs. Some activities that used to be clearly an industrial type of activity because of technology changes take place in really a space that pretty much looks like an office. So an example, best example of that is printing and things like printing used to take place and some of it still does in big industrial looking spaces with big machines and all that. Now a lot of printing and graphic work is done at a computer sitting at a desk uh, in space that looks no different than a law office or an accountant's office and we struggle with one of the most difficult issues in terms of how to define those activities because we're forced to define them as offices because that's essentially what they are now yet clearly those are things that should be allowed to go on so we've figured out how to parse those out in the zoning and in some areas we've been more permissive toward them and in other areas we've really said no we want real true industrial businesses to be here into the future we need to preserve a certain amount of production distribution and repair activities or industrial activities or arts related activities we need to do something proactively to change the rules to protect these activities. Otherwise, the market left to its own devices will probably push most of it out of the city over time. For some people, the biggest issue after how much industrial land to retain is 
what should the rules be around affordable housing for the areas that we're turning over to housing? And we have, um, I can simplify a very complicated proposal, which basically looks at the areas that were formerly zoned industrial. About half of those are proposed in this plan that's gone through the Planning Commission to be turned over to housing, to where housing would be permitted. And in those areas, we're asking for a higher percentage of affordable housing. Commissioners, my name is Toby. It's been probably the most extensive public process that any of us can remember around any planning issue in San Francisco. We estimate that we've had close to 50 public hearings at the Planning Commission and the Board of Supervisors. Um, we've had dozens and dozens of public meetings. Um, we've had hundreds, if not thousands, of people involved, neighborhood groups. We may never have consensus. This is San Francisco, and you know we will always have different sides of the issue. We believe we have a very solid compromise proposal that gives everybody some of what they want and nobody all of what they want. We'll see a bit of a surge in 2009 and 2010, and what you'll see mostly are uh, what we call multifamily developments. You'll see condo projects and rental projects uh, in buildings anywhere from three or four to 50 or 100, or in some cases, three or 400 units each. There's about 4,000 units in the pipeline. We'll see overall between 7,500 and 10,000 new housing units, some new office space development, and a lot of industrial uses that are maintained, as well as a lot of industrial businesses that go by the wayside. The best place to go to see how um, the proposed zoning and other rules are changing is to our website, which is easternneighborhoods.sfplanning.org. It's just basically color-coded by proposed zoning, and if you want to get into it in more detail, you can look through the documentation. If you know the general area that you're concerned with, you can look at the map and you can kind of zoom in and look at the streets and find out. And there are a series of detailed maps that show exactly what the proposal is on any given piece of land. Welcome to the SFGTV Community Calendar. The San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency would like to advise San Francisco residents and visitors of traffic impacts expected during Oracle Open World, which will occur at the Moscone Center from Sunday, September 21st through Thursday, September 25th, 2008. More than 40,000 attendees are expected to attend the event. Howard Street is scheduled to be closed between 3rd Street and 4th Street continuously for nine days beginning at 8 p.m. on Thursday, September 18th until 8 p.m. on Friday, September 26th to accommodate the event. Significant traffic congestion is anticipated in and around Moscone Center between 7 a.m. and 8 p.m. daily for the duration of the closure. For detour routes and more info, log on to sfmta.com. The San Francisco Department of Public Health presents Healthy Homes, Energy Savings, and Building Sustainability on September 23rd. You will benefit from this training if you are a property owner, property manager, or a housing professional confronting housing construction defects or deficiencies that contribute to moisture infiltration or condensation, mold, energy loss, or complaints from occupants about unhealthy housing conditions. The event is from 8.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m at the Hall of Flowers Rec Room in Golden Gate Park. For more information, contact Karen Cohn at 554-8930, extension 11, or email karen at sfdph.org. The Bayview Hunters Point Pack Land Use Committee invites you to participate in two community meetings, the first of which is on September 24th. 
The meetings regard the India Basin shoreline area of the Bayview-Hunters Point community area. A general update on the status of the planning process will be given at this meeting, as well as a presentation on draft plan components, a policy framework, a zoning concept, and a height concept. Staff will also be available for more questions and general discussion. The meeting is at the Bayview Opera House at 4705 3rd Street from 6.30 till 8 p.m. For more info, go to sfgov.org slash site slash plan. The new California Academy of Sciences will open in San Francisco's Golden Gate Park Saturday, September 27, 2008. The new facility combines an aquarium, planetarium, natural history museum, scientific research, and education facilities under one roof. Family-friendly activities and entertainment are scheduled throughout the opening weekend on the music concourse in front of the Academy and admission to the museum will be free on opening day. Extended hours will be offered on both opening weekend days, Saturday 9.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Sunday 9.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. For more information, visit calacademy.org or call 379-8000. On September 29th, the San Francisco Safe Communities Reentry Council will host its third annual reentry summit, Reentry Works. This year's free summit will focus on employment opportunities for ex-offenders and will highlight several local initiatives, including the Enterprise Zone tax credit for employers who hire ex-offenders. Panelists include formerly incarcerated individuals, criminal justice and workforce development experts and employers. Reentry Works, creating employment opportunities for formerly incarcerated San Franciscans. 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts, Novellus Theater, 700 Howard Street. For more information, 553-9349 or email reentry.council at sfgov.org or visit sfreentry.org.